Coming up on episode 51 of Anchor Persons. These onion rings are dope. I believe I can fly, despite the evidence. Get your fries to Mars. Does a bear scratch in your house? And what do hamburgers have to do with bribing people with free sex to get vaccinated? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the Northwest, the land of trees and rivers, now in 60 Shades of Grey, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. Time continues its unending march forward, but the good news is I'm about 90% of the way through writing my novel, and it's still only halfway through the month. Will my notes continue to suffer? Time will tell. Yeah, this guy has been an absolute beast, and I can tell you, That he has not dropped the ball in any area of his life. Dude, I have, I wrote 5,200 words today. That is really something to be proud of. I've never done that. Never. For those of you who don't write words, that's a lot of them. Yeah, for, for one day, that's a pretty sizable entry. So I'm pretty stoked on that. But let's get into tonight's story beats. A Texas doctor who touted the antiparasitic medication ivermectin as a COVID treatment has been suspended, having his hospital privileges revoked. When asked for comment, the doctor still contends that the truth will silence all naysayers. That the hospital was just moving to cover their asses. Hee-haw! Excuse me. Held a press conference, but attendance was bad. According to the CDC, measles is poised to make a comeback in the U.S. Yet another way we're headed back to the 1950s. Pharmaceutical giant Johnson & Johnson announced they would be splitting into two companies in a shady move meant to protect the company from lawsuit judgments. The two new companies will be called Johnson and Johnson's brother. Wink. Three snow leopards in a Nebraska zoo died of COVID this week, but I'm sure there are plenty left. There were not. A 38-year-old Massachusetts man was found to have tapeworms in his brain. Reportedly, the tapeworms came from feces-contaminated food, which explains why that burrito tasted like shit. 40% of American children say that hot dogs are vegetables, but 60% weren't sure, which is correct. A truck collision resulted in thousands of gallons of milk being spilled on a Texas highway. When asked for comment, authorities barely maintained composure on a razor's edge. They were so close to crying. A Maine lobsterman caught an ultra-rare cotton candy lobster. So rare because they usually melt in the water. Political strategist and noted tumor Steve Bannon turned himself in this week. He was facing charges for contempt of Congress. He reportedly announced, and I quote, We're going to bring down the Biden administration. But when he said this, his lips were moving. So, not ventriloquism, I guess. A man has been charged with the attempted murder of his father because the father brought him the wrong kind of chicken wings. But here's the thing. There is no wrong kind of chicken wings. Are you sure? I feel like there might be a wrong kind of chicken wings. (laughs) 
I've never had a bad chicken wing in my life. Oh, you're a lucky man. I mean, where are these bad wings? Well, let me just say, you get a really bad chicken wing, like maybe one tainted with a certain kind of food, you end up with a tapeworm in the brain. Oh, yeah, I'll risk it. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's move on to the main news. Our top story tonight... In Austria, just like anywhere else, they're doing their best to ensure that everyone gets vaccinated and a mandatory pass is on the way. Well, in America, we have offers for like free donuts. Overseas, I guess they're doing things a little bit differently. See this place, Sex Star Sauna Club is offering a 35 or sorry, a 30 minute voucher with, and I quote, the lady of your choice with every vaccine registered on its website through the end of November. Basically, this is a brothel. You get the shot, you get 30 minutes hang time with a lady. The pandemic has hit the sex industry especially hard, and this is a way to help increase vaccination rates and also market their business. Plus, I think there's potential for additional revenue there if you think about it. Specialty acts. Novelty acts. A little bit of Tickle Me Elmo. A little bit of Trickle Me Elmo. I don't pretend to know how you take your coffee, but it just sounds like a good idea. But what does that have to do with? Hamburgers. You know them. You love them. They're an American institution. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole history of hamburgers. You you know what one is. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, you know, put anything you want on them. Much like a prostitute. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So... Are we already starting to find the try and try to find the ties between these two things? I mean, I, I think we can. I think there's actually a lot here. I think there is. Um, there's peddling meat. Ooh, ooh, spicy but good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh, the fact that everybody loves it. Everybody says it's bad for you, but everybody loves it anyway. Right, right. There's um, there is of course the notion that both things are a whole lot of fun between two buns. Ooh, spicy. You got some spicy ones. Yeah, I got the spicy takes. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Well, there's toppings. Right there. And there's also bottomings. (laughs) Yes. And the idea that different people like theirs in different ways, which is kind of akin to what you were describing with the, the statement at the beginning here. But, you, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm kind of a hamburger agnostic. I mean, do I have a hamburger that I will reach for more often? Sure. But any hamburger is a good hamburger. You offer me a hamburger, I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, which, which is an attitude, you know, I have the same kind of ecumenical approach to my uh, other things that I enjoy. Sure. Like, like what? Tacos hot dogs things of that nature so what you're saying is here in america they should have offered free burgers for vaccinations oh actually that would work we would be all over that action and then (laughs) it'd be done already and then the brothels can offer free hand jobs for burgers and everyone's happy (laughs) right (laughs) you you get a burger prostitutes get burgers Oh, it's a perfect circle. Oh, I've got a great connection. I've got a great connection. Hmm. Both are terrible if it's dry. 
Oh, God, that's so good. It, it won't fit all in my brain at once. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> you, want a, you want a little bit of a condiment or a lubricant on there just to help things go down. Well, and plus, you know, it's the special sauce that makes it. It really is. It is. It's the special sauce that makes it. Also, Can you really even say... Also, I'm going to say that I haven't yet found a plant-based substitute for prostitution that doesn't make me feel like an absolute weirdo. No, that's true. That's true. Venus flytraps can only get you so far. Well, it's we, we've gone a little bit off the rails here, but it's because we're excited because we so love hamburgers. And prostitution. Well, and here's another, here's another uh, parallel between hamburgers and sex. I haven't had either one in a really long time. <laughs> I'm not meaning to laugh at you. I just know that it's true because no, you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't eat no, meat. It's, it is. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. It's also sad because it's true. Yeah, I haven't. I tonight I actually had my first hamburger in a really long time and it was delicious. But I won't. Did you? I won't talk about the other, the other thing. That's. Yeah, we don't. We don't need to know everything about your life. Yeah. Now, okay. Here's here's another <laughs> parallel between hamburgers and sex. It's better when it's five guys. God, that's so fucking great. Yeah, yeah, and and both um, both involve purchasing some in and out. That's so, that's really excellent. Congratulations. Yeah, we're this is a this is a really fun one. I'm really glad we chose these. Did you know that a Dairy Queen is actually slang for a particular sexual fetish? I did not know that. Is it really? It, no, but I mean, imagine it. Let your imagination run wild. Well, you be the Dairy Queen, I'll be the Burger King. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Wait, are you coming on to me? No, no, no. I was, it's, uh, it's okay if you are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm loving it. Okay, well... Now I'm feeling uh, rejected a little bit, but that's well, no, okay. No, no, I mean, drum. you're really far away from me. I mean, we may be in the same part of the state, but we're we're at least a couple hours drive away. It's a it's not worth a it's not worth a two hour drive. It's just not. <laughs> right. I'll be honest with you. Right, and we both, you know. Yeah, but you know, you, you're you're a happily married man. This is a, an established fact on the podcast. It, so I don't want to put you in an awkward position. Or yeah. do I? No, 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 no. That is Gil's job. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, I mean, we could beat this to death for a while. But uh, that's what she said. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, <laughs> this is an evergreen subject, is it not? Uh, shall we? Shall we move on to breaking news? Let's do. So, breaking news. In the UK, uh, a truckload of onion rings was stopped, and it turned out to be full of cocaine. Hmm. So, uh, if you ever wonder, like, when you go to the restaurant and you're like, how come fries are a dollar and onion rings are two dollars? Are onions that much more expensive? Well, you're not paying for the onions. You're paying for the cocaine. Yeah, it makes sense. But And, and, and it also explains why onion rings are just better than fries. Yeah, and how addictive they are. Yeah, I would I would much rather have a, a battered dipped and coke dusted onion ring than a French fry. Even even a curly fry. Even an Arby's curly fry, the king of all fries. 
I can't tell you how many times I've paid for that upgrade and eaten those onion rings till my gums go numb and stayed up for six days. <sighs> right? Came up with a bunch of new restaurant concepts. Man, eating eating onion rings, eating O rings at discos needs to be a thing again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what any of those words mean in this context. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> You're a little punchy tonight, but I'm I, here for it. I am. I I wrote five thousand words today. My brain is gone, and it's going to some You're... weird places. But you know what? It's it's making for I don't I have no idea if it's going to make for a good show, but it's making for an entertaining evening for me, and that's what it's really all about. That's what we really enjoy about this whole thing is is just entertaining each other, and then hopefully that spills over to all of you lovely people who tune in and listen. So uh, indeed, tell me about your breaking news story. Okay, uh, so I'm going to start off by saying this story is real. Uh, plane crashes are deadly. Everyone knows it. We see a plane crash every couple of weeks in our neck of the woods. And it's almost always fatal. This is the story of Dennis Collier, a licensed pilot and the proud owner of an amphibious plane, a Seawind 3000, with only 20 hours of recorded use. But it had sat around for a really long time. So that's important information as we move forward in the story. Anyway, he went to California to check it out. While on a test flight, he attempted to land, but the landing gear was still up. The plane survived, nobody was injured, but the plane did take a little damage. Then, the engine stalled on another flight, causing an emergency landing beside a runway in New Mexico. This crash took down a sign and runway lights, but again, no one was injured. Later, at the same airport, there was another crash. The pilot left New Mexico, but after a couple of hours, the left wing hinged tab was stuck and the plane started pitching up. It took Collier four landing attempts over Nebraska and all his strength to get it down safely. It was a rough crash, but he survived. After repairing the plane, he then performed another test flight in Nebraska and yet again crashed. Then, over Michigan, The hydraulic pressure gauge dropped to zero. The fuel gauge showed an uneven supply. He could not tell if his landing gear was down or not, so he radioed the airport to ask if there was a spotter who could look and tell him, but got no response. So he put the nose down during landing, and the plane skidded to a halt on the runway. Finally, on the 4th of July, in Lake Michigan... He had promised the FAA that he'd keep the landing gear down for a 25-minute flight that he had planned. Unfortunately, the wing flaps stopped responding and he had to do an emergency water landing. Because that landing gear was down, the plane went vertically into the water nose first. And uh, this this plane is amphibious. It's supposed to float, but if that landing gear is down, the plane's going down too. Miraculously, he got through all seven of these crashes unscathed, though the plane now rests at the bottom of Lake Michigan. The kicker to this story is that all seven crashes happened within one week. It just goes to show, Greg, when life gives you lemons, you crash those lemons consistently in a variety of environments. So I remember uh, hearing about this story. In fact, I did a story beat about it. Mm. Um 
back when it was happening. And it, I wondered at the time, and I still wonder, I've never found a good answer. Why doesn't he just, at that point, just say, you know what, this plane sucks. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i not getting up in this plane again. I mean, when his first mechanical failure caused his first plane crash, maybe he just says, well, you know, I happen to know that there are thousands of well-maintained commercial airliners in the air right now mm-hmm. maybe i could just get on one of those when it lands right and and like you survive one plane crash you should be considering yourself very lucky you survive seven don't ever count on winning the lottery dude well and from what i've heard he said at the time that he probably would never fly again yeah which seems smart. Well, I don't I don't know that this was all on him though. The plane was obviously defective. No, I don't I don't think it is on him. I think he's probably a pretty good pilot because he didn't die he, any of those exactly, times. Exactly. But even so, like the the level of cuz every single time he's got to be thinking, "Well, this is it." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the strain, the the stress Unbelievable. No, you know, you'd never get me into a plane after that. I don't care who's flying it, what kind of plane it is. All right. Well, I think it is time now for our fake true story. All right. Well, this week, a New Zealand woman went to a vegan cafe to use their bathroom and interrupted a meeting of the Ordo Templi Orientis, the ceremonial magic sex cult started by Aleister Crowley. While their initial encounter might have been awkward, I'd like to imagine the aftermath. Oh, well, she's some nice. Do you think she'll come big for the next one? Frankly, mate, I think you scared her off talking about the sex stuff. I see what you mean. But on the other hand, we've got wizard stuff. It's hard to know what to lead with. I'd argue that the success of the Lord of the Rings movies and their indelible association with New Zealand has normalized wizard stuff to a degree. I'll do you one better. Christchurch has had a wizard since 1998, predating the first of the Lord of the Rings movies by three years. Sacked him, though, didn't they? Maybe an indication the public's gone off wizards. Maybe, but public opinion was most certainly not on the side of Alistair Crowley when he started the old OTO, was it? Positively against, I'd say. And frankly, I'm too old to learn a new trade just to satisfy the vagaries of popular taste. All superheroes now. And us a little old to be in toits, flying with our brooms. Speaking of which, we'd best be getting on. All right, Ted. That was the sound of witches' brooms taking flight. Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Let's uh, let's move on to touching tips this week. A tense subject: gun safety. <clears throat> Generally speaking, it's not advisable to go off half cocked when giving advice on gun safety. You know, guns actually have a button on them called a safety. Make sure to click it twice to be extra safe. If you're unfortunate enough to have your gun jam in a tense situation, you can diffuse the tension and confuse your attackers by singing the hokey pokey. Don't pull the trigger. Squeeze. That will ensure a kill. A kill is what we want. A kill is why we breed. Oh, dude, I love you. I love that you just quoted I... the decline. That was rad. Cool, 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 cool. 
Always keep your ammo in a separate space from your guns. That way, they can't communicate and work against you. The cool thing about hollow point bullets is you can fill them with whatever you want. Pop rocks, guacamole. The sky's the limit. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking touching tips is over. Well, maybe it is. But you gotta ask yourself this question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you? Punk. All right, now that that's over, it's time for sports. So the sport that I've decided to highlight this week is sleeping. I know sleeping isn't a sport, but if it was, I don't think I'd have what it takes to go pro. I've never been good at sleep. I have trouble getting there in the first place at night because my circadian rhythm is all messed up. I have trouble getting up because there's never enough of the sleep and the sleep I get is frequently interrupted. I'm kind of used to it at this point, but some days it is easier to move than others. Coffee is probably the equivalent of a steroid in the world of competitive sleeping, and if it wasn't for coffee, I wouldn't function. I've got to limit my intake to certain hours, though, because otherwise it causes more problems than it fixes. Do I have a point? I don't know. I'm tired, and I'm not thinking clearly. All right, well, let's move on to this week's creature feature. Want to talk to you about a weird little guy called the Solenodon. Now, you only find two species of Solenodons, one in Cuba and one on Hispaniola, which is the island that includes the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Hmm. Now, it's a mammal, but it's the weirdest mammal this side of the platypus. They're distantly related to shrews. They find their prey with echolocation. They have long, flexible snouts that have a ball joint on the end of them so they can move in any direction. They are venomous, and their venom comes out of their salivary glands into a channel in their teeth. So if they bite you, you're going to experience thin blood, extreme low blood pressure, and death. And here's the kicker. Oh, yeah. No, well, and here's the kicker. Despite the fact that they mostly eat bugs, they're extremely aggressive and unpredictably violent. Wow. Yeah, so they'll they will bite you and you will die. So you're saying it's a great idea to adopt one. I mean, as a murder pet maybe. Yeah. If okay. you if you want to be, you know, the drug lord who thinks that having an alligator or a pit bull isn't cool enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. Where can I adopt one? Cuba or Hispaniola? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I guess it's just not in the cards, unfortunately. All right. Well, disappointing. Let's move on to the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather, Scanned, Stand, and Florida Manned. Would you like to lead these off, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. For my scanned weather, more than 100,000 people have had their retinas scanned in return for a cryptocurrency called WorldCoin which if you haven't heard of it yet, it's because I don't think it exists outside of this weird scheme to get people's retinal data. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, the project to replace real money with fake money accelerates, only this time they want your retinas. What a bunch of rubes, really. You don't... 
you don't give up your biometric data voluntarily. You just don't do it. I would seriously rather have a membership to the Burger King Kids Club in exchange for my retina than this. Not even it's not even like a like an arcade token. It's literally just someone told you that you own a fake thing. Yeah. All right. Well, for my scanned weather, if you're looking for a specific creature or treasure or just ingredient, even weapon in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, here's a tip. You can use the Shake Off Sensor Plus function to scan and track things. And it works the same way it does when you're, say, tracking shrines. It's a very useful tool in the game. Uh, and uh, I, I, this is kind of old news. This game has been out for a really freaking long time, but... It's what I thought of instantly when I thought of scanning. All right. Well, for my stand weather, want to talk about a famous Stan Lee. That is Ralph Stanley. Um, you might know him as uh, one of our great national treasures, a bluegrass musician. Also a member of the Primitive Baptist Church, uh, which is uh, an offshoot of Baptists who believe that there is no such thing as hell. And that if we can all survive this world with our virtue intact, everybody goes to heaven. Nice. For my Stan Weather, I knew a guy named Stan once. He was a pretty good guy. He was my mom's boss, and he gave my brother uh, the computer that my brother basically learned to pro program on. It's funny that I said basically, because it, it operated mostly on basic. I thought you were doing a pun. I was pleased. Yeah. That was unintentional, but I did notice it after the fact. So Stan's, Stan's gone now, but, you know, he's, he's in my thoughts. Always with us, Stan. Now, for my Florida man weather, uh, a Florida man recently found himself in a bit of a pickle when he had to go to the hospital and his wife and his fiance showed up at the same time. Oh, shit. Yep. Can't fuck around. See, this is why when you go to the hospital, just don't tell anybody. Yeah. Because if, if you've got a side piece, she's going to come see you. And it's going to ruin your life. Yeah. You shouldn't... Why do people do that to people? I don't understand it at all. Well, they're horny and they're narcissists. I guess. I guess. It just still... Like, it feels... It feels so foolish to me. All right. Florida man. A Florida man is accused of threatening his family by texting them Coldplay lyrics and warning them of retribution from his <laughs> Nazi prison associates. <laughs> before he was persuaded by police to end a standoff in return for a fresh slice of pizza. Hmm. Did they mention what kind of pizza? They didn't. In fact, they they were a little cutesy with it, saying they weren't going to mention whether pineapple was involved or not. Well, this, you know... The story is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. I, it sounds like, just based on literally every single detail of that story, that he might be having some problems. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, one, one would assume... You're like, oh yeah, you don't you don't think you need me? Well, look at the stars, look how they shine for you and everything that you do. And it was all yellow. Well, hopefully, when he gets to jail, they will try to fix him. You do a cold play, you get a nickel back. All right, as you know, every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has a story. Folks, the Heinz Ketchup Company, the makers of the world's best ketchup, fight me. I don't care. I'm right. Uh, have uh, created a new Mars ketchup. It is a ketchup that they grew in Martian conditions just to prove that they could grow tomatoes and make serviceable ketchup out of it. Hmm. Now, 
the reason that this is a food crime to me is that it seems like just a tremendous waste of resources. <laughs> and I don't understand what the point of it is. Are we going to start growing ketchup on Mars? No. We'll never grow anything on Mars. Going to Mars is the fantasy of insane tech bro baby men. <laughs> it will never happen. There's no reason to devote any resources to trying to figure out how to grow tomatoes on Mars. Instead, I mean, how many more tomatoes could they have grown here on Earth and turn those into delicious Heinz Earth ketchup that we all already enjoy so much? Yeah, so why don't we put those resources into battling climate change so we can live on our own planet just a little while longer and enjoy your ketchup and buy lots and lots of it. Right, or, you know, if, if you really want to just make ketchup, then just make more ketchup and whatever surplus ketchup you feel you have, you can give it to people for free. People love free ketchup. There's nothing, nothing better than, free, well, there's a few things better than free ketchup. Let me tell you about this time I got vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm, and this is, this is not a joke. This is real. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to throw some fries in the oven. And I'm going to make some crispy fries and I'm going to eat them with delicious Heinz ketchup. Nice. Earth ketchup. <laughs> All right. It is time for the podcast shopping network. This week's product, Bear Scratch. Does your back itch? Mine does. That's why I became a parent. Little Jean is almost ripe. And by ripe, I mean able to offer back scratches in exchange for things like iPad time. It's a right in my family, a form of currency that has ex existed for at least 40 years. But let's say you don't have a little helper like I do. What can you do? You try to scratch your back yourself, but you're likely to pull a muscle if it's even slightly out of reach. You can buy a back scratcher, those little yardstick-like deals with the claws on the end, but that's just, that's what everybody does. Why would you want to do what everybody else does when you can install a permanent fixture in your house so you can scratch your back like Baloo the Bear does? Richard Heen, the inventor of Bear Scratch, pitches with enthusiasm. The heart of his pitch is that everyone who tries to scratch your back always goes to the wrong spot. It's true! And there's nothing you can do about it. Because asking them to move to a different spot involves human communication, which makes us uncomfortable and what if they judge us? He also argues that personal back scratchers may only cost $7, but they bend and break. Tell me about it. The personal back scratcher I got, what, like 12 years ago, is actually showing some slight signs of wear. The finish on it is a little less glossy. I mean, it's still glossy, but in a couple of places, less so. Why would I want to use a slightly less glossy back scratcher? Heen contends that the only real solution is a slab of wood, two and a half inches thick, that you mount on the wall. All for only $19.99, or two for $29.99. Bear Scratch, the ad says, is fun for the whole family. I need to start a, like a running tally of how many of these infomercials use that phrase. But in all honesty, I don't think this is the worst product we've covered, and I wish Mr. Heen much success. I do hate the tagline, if you itch like a son of a twitch, because that's a little silly and nonsensical. It could have been better executed, but this product is fine. If you want to order it, order it. 
I'm out. Well, I have some thoughts on this project. So it's a piece of wood that you mount on the wall. Yeah, on the corner of, of a wall, yeah. And presumably its position is fixed on the wall. Yeah, you screw it into the wall. It, but it's fun for the whole family. <laughs> it's a fairly tall device. Okay, so it's it's tall enough, because you are a very tall man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it would be long enough to reach both my back and my son's back. Because mm-hmm. he's—that's what I'm saying. He may be tall for his age, but he's still a little fella. Yeah, he's he's tall for his age, but he's short for a human. And you are tall for a human, any human. Well, I'm not that tall, but. Well, I mean, but there's not really like a population of humans where you would feel short. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe in whatever northern Chinese mountain hamlet Yao Ming is from. Like, if there is an area where people exceed, you know, six and a half feet or so, I would feel pretty small in comparison. There is, I'm going to look it up real quick just to make extra, extra sure, but I don't think that there is any population where the median height is six feet tall or higher. Because I don't, I don't think six feet is that much above average. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the distribution of heights for humans, mm-hmm. and um, you are definitely, you are not in the normal curve of human. You're taller than the average human by a significant degree. So, I'm just saying, no, no, you no, know, not by a significant degree. Because if you look at Lithuania, their median. The- is five foot eleven and a half inches. That's impressive, and that's really close to six feet. Actually, Latvia is the same story. They're growing them big out there. What's what's going on? Yeah, and in Kosovo, it's five eleven. In Italy, it's five ten and a half. That's. I don't think of Italians as being tall. I'm just saying, like, this is not. I'm not. I'm not blowing the curve here. Oh no, I mean you're Dinaric Alps. Median height, six foot, one inch. Wow. That's, um, I'm going to look, that's crazy. I'm going to look that up. Mountain range in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Well, that's it. They're, you know, it's, it's these Balkan states that are blowing up the, the height average for everybody. Yeah. Well. And here, somebody has asked the question, why are they so much taller? There are no answers. Like, nobody knows. (laughs) Yeah, and almost every case where I'm looking, it's like Slovenia, um, Serbia. That region seems to be like right around my. Oh, but in Tonga, it's five foot ten. Hmm. And I, if you had asked me, are Tongans, you know, do they tend to be shorter than average or taller than average? I probably would have said shorter than average, but I guess I'm wrong. And I guess in the United States, it's a uh, five ten. Which is really only two inches shorter than me, dude. I guess so. Maybe I just think you're tall. I don't know. I mean, you're you're kind of an average height. I, I'm kind but of I an always... average height. I'm so I'm a big guy too. I uh, I have really broad a broad build. My my shoulders are very broad, and um, I just have a a barrel of a body. So maybe that adds to this this faux tall mystique that I have, but I'm not that tall. See, that's the thing. I thought you were taller than six feet. I thought you were like six, four. Oh no, no, no. I, I mean, 
I'm happy with the height I am, but I'm I am exactly on the dot six feet. You know what I think it is, really, for real, is suspenders. Oh, maybe the suspenders. Because you or, do wear suspenders. Or were you were you taking like a, a visual measurement of me when I was in heels? Maybe because actually, I'm, I'm much taller in heels. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Because you can you can actually walk in some pretty high heels. Yeah, I can. I actually can walk in six-inch heels, which is impressive to say the least. Nah, it's it's not that hard. People make it out to be harder than it actually is. I mean, you say that, but if I did it, I would die. Yeah, I would all, just fucking die. All all I'm saying is, you spend some time with them, you learn how to to walk in them. All right. Well, this was this I is for, this has been a fun digression. I what we were talking about. We were talking about bear scratch. Oh, yeah. Stupid product. Hate it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to state up this week. Our state is the state of Ohio. Okay. Do you want to start this one or shall I? The capital of Ohio is Columbus, named after famed American film director Chris Columbus. Ohio Hajime I miss Harvey P. Carr. No joke. Just a fact. Sandusky, Ohio is the roller coaster capital of the world, and I really, really want to go there someday. You know, Greg, when I was a kid, I remember owning a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records that listed Magnum 200XL as the tallest, fastest roller coaster in the world. At that point, I started getting out my family's atlas and was planning routes for a trip that'd take us all the way across country on a drive to like Sandusky and other places like Kings Island and Kennywood and of course Disney World. Uh, when I was in high school, they upped the ante by opening the Giga Coaster Millennium Force. Giga Coaster means it's over 300 feet tall. And that was one I really wanted to ride until it was eclipsed by a roller coaster called Desperado at Buffalo Bills in State Line, Nevada. In the interest of full disclosure, I did ride Desperado when it was considered the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the United States. My brother lost his wallet on that ride. As time marched on, however, coasters continued to reach for the clouds and Stratocoasters became a thing. Sandusky boasts one of the tallest called Top Thrill Dragster. Now, TTD is not really a traditional coaster, and I have actual no in actual interest in riding that or King Dakar or any of the other 500 plus foot tall giant co coasters because it's not really the type of ride I go for. Even still, it's important. Shit, I've been talking for a while, haven't I? You have. Ohio is the only state that's a palindrome. The flag of the state of Ohio looks like somebody definitely didn't know how to make stripy patriotic pants. All right, our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Richie, one of our bros from Brose, who sent me an idea for the podcast shopping network that I will be featuring on our show next week. Uh, but no headline haikus were submitted this week, so I haven't written one. Get on it, Tims. Get after it. <laughs> Been watching a lot of Letterkenny. <laughs> As always, I'd like to give a shout out to the bros at Brose and to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find on Fiverr at his website, awestprod.com. And of course, thank you to you, our loyal listeners. We love you, Tims, our beautiful sister brother wives. We do indeed. You are the Selenodons of our hearts. You are the free prostitution to our vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. 
Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic, and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time... This is Gene Person saying, you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, I will try to fix you. Good night. Okay, so the episode edit is done. Now just to think up a stinger. I'm sure there's a lot of directions I could take this. There were not. <laughs>